Ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to talk about who or what should be in control of education. Which people and what ideas should be at the center? Popular answers would be teachers, parents, society, tradition, some particular philosophy, or something else equally significant. No. Our education establishment insists the correct answer is the most immature and ignorant people in the classroom. That would be students. Let's put them in charge. Progressives have been pushing this odd idea for a century. Now I'm seeing a tide of these old cliches presented as brilliant innovations. So what's the bottom line here? Our experts have no new ideas? I'm afraid that's the case. Furthermore, these people don't hesitate to treat us as the uninformed clods they presume we are. Professors of education are fond of announcing that at long last they have discovered the essentials of education. Trust their hype and hoopla and kids will quickly learn whatever they need to know. But this never happens. What our education establishment actually specialize in, specializes in is flatlining. There's a canary in the coal mine and year after year he is gasping for life. One of many paradigms for this overreach is new math in 1962. Every magazine had an article about the wonderful new math. Schools could now begin to teach topics that heretofore been taught only in high school or even college. Isn't that absurd on the face of it? Algebra for second grades? In fact, new math was complex and unfriendly and thus a complete flop. All it did was numb children so almost no further education could take place. We saw the same hoopla when phonics was discarded and replaced by sight words, and again when constructivism destroyed direct instruction, and again when Common Core whittled down what was left of traditional education in the schools. It's the perennial progressive pattern, really bad ideas promoted by relentless hucksterism. My pessimistic comments are prompted by a recent article which celebrates, as if for the first time, all the usual suspects. The main gimmick, which goes back to John Dewey a hundred years ago, is that education should be student-centered. One educator says, open quote, if we had to rebuild our education system from the ground up, it's the students who would have the best shot at getting it right. Close quote. Apparently these professors are admitting they have no clue what they are doing, and rank amateurs can easily outperform them. Another professor says, We start at the most fundamental level, with curricula that treats students as individuals. Close quote. Why? I think that lots of students, from karate schools to medical schools, would not need or want to be treated as individuals. Let's ask West Point and Harvard Law School about this. The point is not to let children wallow in their present limitations. Shove them along to bigger perspectives. For example, show news footage from a hurricane and explain to children the different dimensions of what a hurricane is and what it does. I mean, just five or ten minutes. It'll be fun, nothing difficult about it, but the children will find that their world just got a lot bigger and better. 
Yet another of these experts in the article says we should encourage intellectual curiosity, not, provi not by providing the right answers, but by asking the right questions, close quote. I have to think that the right answers now and then would be a glorious improvement. Here's another big concept said to be saving the schools. Open quote. Students need to see themselves in the content we teach. Close quote. Really? Another expert says everything should be windows and mirrors. Comma, into the child's mind, don't you see? Think about this. If you follow this advice, you guarantee that the child's world will never grow. Is a child going to see the Renaissance in his mirrors and windows? Will he see science or Asian history? No, and I think that's sad. I submit to you the whole point of going to school is to be exposed to content that is not in your mirrors and windows. It's the job of the school to make this new information fascinating. The icy conditions that Napoleon's soldiers experienced when they invaded Russia is miles from a typical student's experience. But isn't that the point? Isn't that a good idea? Open quote. We don't have to know things in advance anymore, says another famed educator, open quote, because technology enables us to know them instantly, close quote. This is such nonsense. Instantly, not even close. If you want to know something, such as the Great Wall of China, you have to search it on the Internet. You might find many articles giving different information. How do you know which one to choose? Students have to start learning the basic info and thinking about it. Another expert, still another expert, I should say, talks about how, open quote, we will need to think differently about how we teach, how we test, how we leverage technology, and how we make policy that drives innovation forward, close quote. In other words, let's start over again and spend another trillion dollars doing it another way. What a waste. Here is the policy you need. Aim higher. Let's take every child up to that child's potential. One idea found throughout all of history is that you need to start any building project with a firm foundation. Just as you have to lay the first row of bricks and then another, you have to teach all the elemental facts in careful sequence. Sure, it takes patience. That's how walls get built. Possibly I'm being heavy-handed here, but I've seen this type of article too many times. It's like something in a fashion magazine raving about a bold new kind of shoelaces. Well, that's not a good enough reason to destroy all the shoes we already have. By the way, I'm not mentioning experts by name because my point is not to attack individuals, but to ridicule an annoying pattern where the same cliches are repeated and praised. Everyone acts as though they have just discovered sliced bread. My goal here is to sensitize you to the blizzard of bull you will encounter if you study education. You cannot expect any help from the media and your local paper. Sad to say, they are on the wrong side. You need to find people you can trust. I can be your guide, or you can find uh, a great, well, a wonderful guide in Samuel Blumenfeld, Rudolf Flesch, and Siegfried Engelmann and similar people that might be called traditionalists or devotees of common sense. These people are truth-centered. That's what we need. The real goal of all this gushing about new approaches is to savage and destroy everything that came before. John Dewey, as noted, got this ball rolling by 1920. 
So we have had a century of dumbing down. When experts start delivering more efficient education, we will quickly enter a new era. But it can't be efficient in the sense of blah, blah, blah about the shapes of clouds. It has to be efficient in a very specific way. Each week, children learn new material. And they're excited about their growth, and they want more, more, more. Now, there's a wonderful background article on all these themes on American Thinker. Just search these four words. Open quote, the war against children. Close quote. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education, but the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff, and that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four. The big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lenin's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of subeducated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site, improve-education.org, with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.